The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, in the meantime, Danny McCoy is with me in studio. He is the CEO of IBEC. Uh, Danny, you're welcome, and it is good to see you. Um, IBEC today calling on the government to pause any measures which may increase the cost of employment. For example, increases in the minimum wage. Why? Well, f- first of all, Kieran, it's uh, it's going forward. So the minimum wage has come in since the first of January. So it's not retrospection. It's about the fact that. In addition to the minimum wage, which is a very big step up of 12%, there's a whole raft of other costs, government-induced costs, onto businesses, and particularly small and medium enterprises with low margins. They'll find these costs alone, never mind the energy costs and the tight labour market itself, will remove their margins, make them uh, loss-making. And we're starting to see quite a number of closures, particularly in the hospitality sector, restaurants in particular, are probably the most high profile at the moment. That level of cost induced by these changes is uncoordinated at the moment and hasn't been regulatory assessed. And we've been asking for some time over the last number of months that the government actually would do a regulatory assessment. There's nothing wrong in any of these measures in of themselves. In fact, they've all got merit, but it's the fact that they're all being loaded on at the one time without cognizance of the impact it's going to have on these businesses that are really taking its toll. So we're asking for, particularly in the minimum wage, there's another two tranches of this to come. So the minimum wage in a three-year period could go up by towards 35%. Very difficult for businesses that have high wage bills mm. and low margins in a, and margins that have been eroded by other costs to be able to factor those in. And so it's inevitable we'll see these type of business failures, when it, which are unnecessary because we can still get to these points. It's just that we need to do it in a coordinated way um, and with a step. So trying to get to 6% of the median wage in a three-year period when it puts nearly one-third of the costs up is, is yeah. too aggressive. Uh, there'll be people listening and they will say, though, that the, the people who benefit from the minimum wage increasing, they too, like those business owners you describe, have seen... Uh, their their margins eroded by other cost increases. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's a societal response. This is not saying that we don't want these things to happen. We want them to be coordinated and done at an appropriate time and of a scale in which businesses can cope with. And so what we're seeing here is that for some, the most disadvantaged, they'll say their wage bills go up by 20 to 25% in, in the very near term. Um, and given that they would be like households, vulnerable to those cost increases already. There's a difference between a household doesn't go out of business. Mm. Uh, when a business goes out, that's people's livelihoods as well have gone. And, uh, you know, the market is strong at the moment. We'd hope that people will, you know, not be in long-term unemployment from this. But this is a, an erosion of competitiveness. And we experienced this 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And it took us quite a length of time to get back our competitiveness done very painfully, with very high unemployment. Owen Reedy is with us as well, uh, Danny, the General Secretary of the Irish Congress of Trade Unions, uh, ICTU. Uh, Owen, you're welcome to the show as well. Uh, do you think the government should pause and take stock about the, the entirety of the cost of the measures that they seek to introduce? Uh, good evening, Kieran, and, and hello, Danny. Uh, no, no, we don't. Uh, you know, we, we're very disappointed with the IBEX statement. I don't think it stands up to analysis at all. Um I mean, what Danny fails to mention there is that whilst there was a, a modest double-digit increase in the minimum wage in 2024, in 2021 and 2022, both increases were below inflation. In the economy last year, uh, inflation stood in excess of 6% and, and wages went up by about 4.5%. 
And the other thing they say in the statement, they talk about increasing employer PRSI. Employer's PRSI has gone up by 0.1%. It's gone up for workers too, I should add. But the interesting thing is that Danny doesn't mention, you know, employer's PRSI in Ireland is about 50% of what the PRSI employers pay in other wealthy European countries. And in the budget, employers got a quarter of a billion euros to address some of these issues. So I think IBEC are picking on the wrong culprit here. You know, it's wrong to focus on labor costs, and it's particularly wrong mm. to focus on the lowest paid, many of whom have suffered disproportionately in the pandemic. Many of them yeah. are young people, and, you know, many of them are still in a very challenging cost of living crisis. So it's it's disappointing, and I think it's, it's unfortunately, it's a bit shameful as well. Uh, well, i put that to Danny in just a moment, but do you accept the reality, as Danny describes it, uh, on that businesses, business owners, are also seeing their margins eroded by cost increases. What I, I mean, Danny talked about certain businesses that their labour costs going up by 25 plus percent. I can assure you, no, no workers' pay is going up anything like that, but obviously there are associated costs. There are challenges for all parts of society, there's no doubt about it. But there are two sides of the labour market here, and I think the government had flagged many of these things a number of years ago and have provided some funding for it. But, I mean, the one area where there seems to be a serious problem is around the area of hospitality, Kieran, but that seems to be more about the warehousing of tax during COVID. And ironically, that's one of one of a number of industries that actually refuses to engage in collective bargaining, unions and employers talking about productivity. And I actually think if those employers did engage in collective bargaining, we'd be able to together address uh, some of the challenges that are there, but to exclusively focus on labour costs yeah. at, 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 and ignore other costs in the economy and doing business is wrong. And it's, it seems to suggest that, you know, employers are creating this wealth and workers are, are, are giving nothing to it. We have 2.6 million people at work today, more than ever in the history of the state. So yeah. it can't all be bad. Let, let, let me put some of those points um, to Danny Owen. Uh, describe the statement, Danny, is shameful and suggested, and these are not his words, but my interpretation of them, that beyond the hospitality industry, maybe you're guilty of exaggerating the pressure businesses are under. Yeah, well, look, first of all, uh, to put it in context, we're talking about additional increases here. So Owen started off by saying that uh, minimum wage is behind inflation. That's true, but a 12% increase is certainly going to be well ahead in that three-year window he's picked. And we're not talking about reversing that, we're talking about going forward. Um, and so the minimum wage is on a on a glide path now, as I said, to go up by one third in three years. Very difficult to have the productivity justification for that to start with, because this is the real world of what businesses in terms of productivity and wage. And it's not just around the minimum wage. This goes right through the whole wage system. This kind of view that somehow you're just talking about a worker on the minimum wage. This goes right through the wage structure because of the relativities, which the unions are well capable of citing. Uh, relativities in, in the labour market. So that notion is about going forward to ensure that the businesses are there for workers to work in. We've seen competitors been eroded by this type of wage, well increase of productivity before. On the other issues in terms of the, the labour market, part of these costs that the government would normally include in its pre-RSI have actually been pushed on to the employers as contingency. So we've seen various leaves from statutory sick pay to right to disconnect, right to remote work, various leave days. You know, all of these are contingent on the, on the labour costs. And those small and medium enterprises in particular are having to deal with not alone the cost increase, but also the administrative burden. And that's why we've been asking the government not to reverse these things, but to actually pause them till there's a regulatory assessment done. And also the competitiveness charter would be that in any given year, we wouldn't see these kind of double-digit 
costs go through because if it is about inflation, inflation thankfully is moving back into lower single digits now. Uh, Owen, uh, as Danny describes it there, they're not suggesting any reversal. They're not even suggesting that things don't go ahead in the future. What they seem to be suggesting is that the government make informed decisions. Surely that's good advice. Well, we all, we all want the government to make informed decisions. Uh, but as I said earlier, Karen, there's two sides of the labour market. There are employers and there are workers and, and unions. I mean, the one thing I do agree with Danny on in this instance, it, it was a real surprise. We had a Labour Employer Economic Forum meeting before the budget and, and we had no sense that employers and workers' PRSI was going to go up. But however, and they should, they should, they should deal with those things with the social partners. But it, it seems to me that... Um, you know, we're talking about preventing Ireland getting to a living wage. I mean, that's a modest aspiration. The other thing that the state is way out of line, and workers pay pay-related social insurance, but only now are we talking about pay-related unemployment mm-hmm. benefit. And I think the Tara Mines crisis has brought that uh, home to us. So, you know, what, what are we talking about here? We're talking about if workers pay European taxes, they should get European services. And there is a deficit Can, can I can I ask you, Owen, a just, lot less when it comes to taxes. The, the members of IBEC who, in response to these surveys that they carry out, suggest that they can't afford the additional costs that are coming. Do you just not believe them? Well, it's not a question of believing. What I would say, Kieran, is like, uh, productivity is very important and competitiveness the, is very the important. The question is of believing them because it's literally the question but, but, I asked. Do, but, do you but, believe but, them or but, not when they say but, we can't afford that? That'll put us out of business. But, let me make the point. If if all of Danny's members in the private sector agreed to engage in collective bargaining and negotiated with my colleagues in the trade union movement, rather than many of them saying, you know what, you may organize my workforce, but I'm not talking to you, then we might be able to get somewhere down the road here. I mean, if we're serious about dealing with productivity and competitiveness, the way to do it is the way they do it in other countries, where you support things like collective bargaining. There is a directive that requires the state to do that. That needs to be implemented this year. I, I would rather, uh, and many of Danny's colleagues do do this, by the way. Um, you know, I don't want to paint a bad picture here, but there are members of IBEC and other representative bodies that refuse to engage with unions, even if we organize their workers. So, uh, you know, there is a there is a disconnect here, and I think if we were able to a- address that, mm. we could address the productivities in the round, productivity uh, issues in the round. Danny, a final word, Collective bargaining is the way around some of these impasses. Well, first of all, what we're saying today is about coordinated um, approach. So how you coordinate can have many um, aspects to it. Uh, Collectivism in its wider form is part of the business narrative. People talk about stakeholders, not just shareholders. Uh, So we see a push for collective movements in, in society. Whether that collective bargaining involves trade unions, which is a, a sub-element of that, uh, is to be seen. But definitely what we're saying today, and it was, it was actually a letter to the government, not to the trade unions, is that as government, they have choices here to try to coordinate the economy. If that's to include unions and employers, we're open to hearing that. But most crucially, We've got to ensure that our competitiveness is underpinned and that has to be a coordinated approach. Danny McCoy, the CEO of IBEC. Owen Reedy, General Secretary of ICDU, the Irish Congress of Trade Unions. Thank you both very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.